If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and welcome in D-backs diehards to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montilla, occasionally known as the mayor of PHNX. This guy next to me, he's your vice mayor. It's the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. We are not the subject of today's show, nor are the Diamondbacks the subject of today's show. No. It's all about Arizona iced tea, Derek. It is. That's, it really is. That's the about. real star of today's show. Yeah. And we don't even have a sponsorship deal with them, so I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, That's, we'll see. <laughs> well, you, you'll figure out what we're trying to do here. But, of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And before we get to all of that important conversation that we have to get to, uh, we actually have some news uh, coming out, which we have discussed in the past. We have discussed the possibility of the Arizona Diamondbacks moving away from Chase Field. And according to a recent article from Nick Bacoro with Derek Hall, that move might be more of a possibility than we were speculating on. Uh, according to the article and according to Derek Hall, uh, the D-backs are exploring other sites in Maricopa County. And he seemed to stress that, which is a good thing because we do know that there were some rumors about the Diamondbacks potentially moving out of Arizona, which is very bad for us as far as business goes. But, uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on this article and some of... Derek Hall's comments. Yeah, I think uh, nothing too earth shattering here necessarily. Um, it sounds like more than anything else, Derek Hall just kind of stressed the urgency of the team figuring out what their future plans are. Uh, the D-backs lease at Chase Field goes through 2027. After that point, they don't currently have a home um, as of right now. So there's a lot of a lot of things to be decided here in the next few years. And I think they would like to make those decisions sooner rather than later if they could. Obviously, if if you know building an entirely new facility is on the table, you're gonna want to start building that. Uh, it's coming pretty rel fast. relatively yeah. soon. I guess they could, you know, they could extend Chase Foot a little bit longer if they needed to. But um, yeah, the timeline here I think is is reaching kind of a sense of urgency where these things really start to need to happen. Unfortunately. Uh, Derek Hall did not make any mention of which sites within the Phoenix metro area were under consideration. But as you said, they're all in Maricopa County, uh, which incidentally, I believe Maricopa County is the largest county by land area oh, in, by in the United States, yeah, or at least one of the largest. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't narrow it down much. Uh, but I think we do have, some, you know, we can kind of suspect we can we can speculate on a few different places. Um it did mention the uh, region next to the Salt River Fields. We've talked about that in the past. 
um, as being a, a possibility. That was just kind of Nick Picoro, kind of his own speculation, which we've also talked about. Um, but yeah, we, we've speculated the same way. And we I have think speculated the same it makes way. Sense. We know what the Diamondbacks want. We know what baseball teams now want. We've talked about that Colorado Rockies, Coors Field, and just how not only beautiful the, the ballpark itself is, that's something that might be a little bit more out of reach for us ever here in Arizona. No matter what they do with the new ballpark, if they do build a new ballpark from scratch, we'll need to take that into consideration considering how unbearable it is here in June and July and August. I mean, I've been to Phoenix Rising games, and they start at 8, 9 o'clock at night sometimes, something that late because they're yeah. trying to start as late as possible. Right. And it was still sweltering heat. It was still just miserable and that's on dollar beer welcome night to, welcome to arizona welcome right? to arizona especially during the summertime <laughs> summer sports in arizona the great thing great thing <laughs> i mean you know we, we can uh, apparently we as humans can control the weather now from what i've heard so i don't know we'll figure something out soon enough but uh one interesting thing about the article was that uh, Derek hall did say that regardless of what their plan is they are going to take care of the roof repair issue uh, which is estimated between four and five million dollars. I think that right there kind of explains why it's 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 a bigger cost than we probably could have could have even speculated on. And uh, yeah. you know, it seems like they are going to take care of more than just possibly the, the the one problem with it. Oh yeah, you know, I think the roof some- repair is like between three and ten million dollars. They don't know exactly how much that's going to cost. Um, he did say that the D-backs are going to do that roof repair, whether they stay at Chase Field or not. So we wondered before, I think you made the comment, you know, if you're if you're about to sell a car, you're not going to put new no, rims on it. No, um, no I'm just going to crack the odometer and turn it back so <laughs> maybe get some more value on it. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like that roof repair will happen eventually so that the D-backs regain the ability to open and close the stadium during games, which I think would be huge because... As of right now, unless it's cool enough outside and they know for sure it's not going to rain, they can't open the roof. And so we basically saw the roof closed for almost the entire season last year. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of the, the cost, $400, $500 million, that's, that's obviously a lot of money. Um, the cost to build a new stadium, roughly $2 billion maybe. So you're talking about it, you know, maybe four times as much. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to your your car analogy in some ways. Like, how much money are you willing to put into the car if the car is like kind of old and like not not maybe the best car around? Right. How much money are you willing to put into it where it's still worth keeping it around? Right. You you get to a point where it, it, is it just going to keep breaking down? Even if I fix the roof, is there going right. to be a new problem with one of the panels? Right. Are we ever fixing that panel? Is that one panel ever yeah, going to work there, again? Yeah, I think there's still one bum yeah. panel at Chase Field, it's like, I believe. It's like yeah. when your car has that <laughs> passenger side window that doesn't work anymore, and you just decided, well, that stays closed now. That's the way that things work when they get that old. But uh, Nicholas in the comments, I want to say Beatty, but Batty uh, is way cooler. So I hope that Batty is the way it's pronounced. But Nicholas in the comments said, a stadium out by talking stick would be so sick. Get the view of the mountains in the background, yeah. plus the connection to Salt River Field. It's perfect. That's I think that's why it's easy to speculate about it, not to mention the fact that if you have been out there, you know how much land is available out there on the Salt River Reservation. So, I mean, it's there. there's something to be said about not only the possibility of the stadium being built there, but other entertainment district type, you know, places, you know, centers, whatever, connecting it. Medieval Times is out there on the other side of the freeway. You have obviously all the other stuff, Top Golf, Talking Stick Resort. Um, there's just a lot of stuff to do out there, a little bit 
yeah. south, you got like iFly, like I said, and the other uh, that other like uh, parking lot filled with that's with where stuff. like like the aquarium is over there. Odyssey, the little, the little butterfly I'm a, place. I'm, which I'm, I'm a still lifetime dying to go member, to. by the way, of Odyssey Aquarium. I got really, a, I got a membership wow. to be a lifetime member uh, before they opened, and it's I, uh, honestly, one of the best things I've ever I've used. never I've never been. Yeah, it's a great aquarium. It's a very good aquarium, uh, and honestly, uh, I think that just that connection, to all of that stuff. Even if it's not right close next to it, it's still closer than when you go downtown and you try to find things to do that are near the ballpark. Unless you're going to like old Willie's Taco Joint or whatever, like right yeah. next door or, you know, Guy Fieri's fraudulent uh, place there in the middle. I, until he fucking meets with me, it's fraudulent, Jesse. <laughs> he didn't even show up at the opening. He was just there via satellite. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, but anyway, they have uh, they have an incredible district, I think, over there. And it could be something. Uh, definitely appealing. It's never going to change for the Diamondbacks. The Phoenix Convention Center isn't going anywhere, so I don't think that they're ever yeah. going to have that availability. I mean, they, they can build some stuff. Like, they've gotten permission to build, like, a little entertainment district sort of thing around the immediate stadium. Right, but in that area. Yeah, but there's but just not a lot of land No, right there. there's not you a lot of I mean? land. There's not a lot of and land. And what are we and doing? Are we, taking out the big, are we taking out the big rolling ball art thing that they have there? I, that can't go anywhere. No, you I, can't take that you out. You need to no. build around that. There needs to be a restaurant <laughs> where I can sit at a table right next to that, and then I'd be cool <laughs> with it. But uh, he, says, he says Beatty. Yeah, I thought it was Beatty, but Batty. I'm going with Batty. Uh, anyway. Uh, that's not the only thing that we have to talk about because Jesse has an incredible diehard piece up on gophnx.com, uh, and it explores the gap between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, no matter how much you want to hate Jesse for even writing this article, <laughs> it is far more encouraging than you may think. So uh, make sure to check out yeah, that somebody, piece. Yeah, somebody on on Twitter, I think, accused me of being a homer. Um which is kind of ridiculous because I wrote like 3,000 words of, and it's like more mathematical than anything else. And it's incredibly uh, complimentary of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, but it does address yeah. the actual fact. And the fact is that the Los Angeles Dodgers, at least in recent memory, haven't really been this, I guess, susceptible to losing the National League West. They've never been yeah. kind of in this position where, to be honest, the gap has kind of shrunk between the Diamondbacks and L.A., I'm not going to give away Jesse's article. You got to go pay for that and read that. Uh, but one of the main points is that the lack of offseason moves by the Dodgers contribute strongly to the Diamondbacks being able to catch up in the division. No, it's not going to be easy. Yes, the Dodgers are still a very good team and they have some of the best players in baseball. Not to mention the yeah. thing that makes them very good is their starting rotation and their bullpen. But it really is probably the one time where the Dodgers didn't further distance themselves from the Diamondbacks in the offseason. And instead, it feels like the Diamondbacks moves kind of paired with them looking like they have a better idea of the direction they're going in and who their core is and who they're building around. Kind of feels like the Diamondbacks are, are catching up a bit with the Dodgers. The Padres are now taking on that role of being the Dodgers and spending excessive amount of monies, money, but they still haven't proven anything yet, I don't no. think, in the division until they start winning and proving that they're you know, spending that money correctly, I, I still am not particularly worried about them. But uh, the road ahead You're is not still... worried about the Padres. No, I'm not worried about the. You're Padres. not worried about Tatis coming back. I Juan will worry. Soto, Manny Machado. I, I will worry about the Padres when the Padres 
play baseball and, and are a very good baseball team. Then That's I'll fair. worry about them. I mean, they haven't, you're right. They haven't risen to the level that I think a lot of people have been expecting from Don't them. Don't get me wrong. In, in I mean, they, years. they yeah. knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, I mean, good in the playoffs. as far as they go, I feel like that was them achieving the next step, you know, and, and they are, they're building towards that. And they didn't slow down. They continued to add to their team. They made their team better. Uh, the Diamondbacks also made their team better, you know, and that's, it's just one thing that's uh, uh, another reason why I think 2023 is going to be a very exciting uh, season to watch. And even if they didn't close the gap that much, guess what? They still don't play the Dodgers or the Padres nearly as much as they have in the past. So that's true. another reason why even if those teams are still much better than the Diamondbacks, there's still a good chance that the Diamondbacks could be competitive in, in this tough division. I will, yeah. I mean, so so the article does kind of a deep dive and goes position by position. So like at first base, right? Christian Walker, Freddie Freeman. Okay, obviously you, you take Freddie Freeman there. Although the gap is not actually as large as maybe you would think it is. Christian Walker had a really good year last year for the D-backs. Um, but yeah, I kind of went through every single position. And the overarching conclusion is that the D-backs and the Dodgers on paper right now, very roughly maybe 10, 12 games different on paper as far as like what kind of win total you'd project. Derek, last year, the D-backs and Dodgers separated by 37 games. The year before that, uh, the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers separated by 54 games. So you're looking 54 games. 54 games. But on paper, and again, it is just on paper, I want to stress, and I understand the skepticism of, of you know people wondering, like, okay, are, is, are the D-backs really only 10 games behind the Dodgers all of a sudden? I think there's, a, there's like actually a case for that just given that the Dodgers have lost so much they haven't replaced that much of it their starting rotation is is good but it doesn't have the depth that we're used to seeing it have I think you're mm -hmm. you're relying on Noah Syndergaard you're relying on Tony Gonzalez, who was excellent last year but that was something like he had never really done that before Clayton Kershaw gets hurt a lot even though he continues to be spectacular there's just a few more kinks in the armor for the Dodgers than we've seen in past years and you have the D-backs who are who are on the rise, right? I mean, we're expecting some of these young guys to take that next step forward. So, um, you know, whether this materializes in, in the end, we'll have to see. But on paper, that gap has closed quite a bit this offseason. Well, that's uh, that, that's the most optimism you're ever going to get out of this guy. So frame it, write it down. I don't know what you need to do. Quote him. But uh, make sure to get yourself a diehard membership so that you can read that entire piece and uh, Jesse's logic behind all the things that he just said and that's very exciting because uh, again when i saw that headline uh, i just i wanted to punch him in the arm that's really what <laughs> i wanted to do i didn't even want to read it i was just like great here we go um but he does make a very good case as to why we can expect the diamondbacks uh to to compete with the dodgers this season and get yourself that membership you'll get free merch over at the phnx locker uh, hat shirt of your choice every year that you're a member you also get 20 percent off all orders you get access to our members-only Discord Lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona Diamondbacks uh, fan or any Arizona sports fan. You also get access uh, to Jesse's wonderful writing, as well as discounts with our partners and so much more. Uh, our wonderful tea party event had discounts. That was a great event. We thank all of you guys for coming out. So more stuff like that uh, if you are a member. Make sure to subscribe today. Also, uh, we thank you guys for being here right now in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe here as well. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. We always love that. You know, this guy loves that. It's his favorite thing in the world. I do uh, love that. And, of course, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Whether you watch this show or not, just subscribe, download it. Nobody will tell. 
I won't tell anybody. Just download it anyway. Uh, and also <laughs> leave us a review. Uh, leave, leave, leave us a five-star review. Uh, we love that. We love reviews because reviews really are the true way to know the worth of something. And that's <laughs> what our next segment is all about. We are very excited to introduce a new segment right now during MLB arbitration season. Welcome on in to Arbitration Conversation. Jesse and I. This uh, has been months in the making. This has been so long. We've been so excited for arbitration season. It's our favorite time of the year. Some people love Christmas. Some people love opening day. Jesse and I, we love arbitration season. It's what we live for. Um, but of course, uh, arbitration is terrible. It's an awful thing that nobody should ever have to go through. Having an agent or someone argue on your behalf of your worth while your team tries to argue down that you aren't worth nearly what they really want you uh, to know that you actually are worth. But uh, we decided instead of hurting someone's feelings, like I did <laughs> saying I wouldn't want to arbitrate with Michaela on yesterday's show, we decided to hurt an inanimate object's feelings. And we decided to go with one of my favorite things that you guys see me drinking and sometimes dressing as on this show. <laughs> and that's a can of Arizona iced tea. So hello, Arizona iced tea with the big Z, by the, the way. The star of the show. It's the real star <laughs> of the show. And Jesse and I today are going to take the position of, of arguing for and against this can of Arizona iced tea is worth. I am going to take the position that this very can of Arizona iced tea is worth 99 cents. Right. And this is, and just to be clear, this is all like a pretty perfect analogy with the actual Major League Baseball arbitration process, right? We talked about it yesterday. Like the D backs are going to put in their number of what they think Josh Rojas is worth. And then Josh Rojas and his agent put in their number. And then an arbiter has to come in and decide who's telling the truth. So that's what we're doing with this. And with there, this and there has to be IT. facts put behind it as production numbers, maybe statistics, war, things like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, to, we're definitely going to talk some war. Oh, we're, take, we're definitely taking <laughs> war on this. But um, uh, I think I'll go ahead and allow Jesse to kick things off. Oh, Jeff, I have to want, go first. Do you want it? me to go first? I'll go first. I think you should you know go, what? First. I'll go, go first. first. Because my argument is simple. This can of Arizona iced tea is beloved. Everybody knows everything about what to expect here. It's not a real healthy iced tea, right? We know that. We know what we're getting. We're getting a can full of sugar here. This one in particular is the Arizona iced tea with lemon flavor. Uh, they do have an Arnold Palmer, but let's be honest. This is basically an Arnold Palmer. It's, it's tea. It's lemon. There's a ton of sugar in it. That's what it is. But anybody that knows their value knows that your value is as good as someone is willing to pay for it. So if you go out there advertising what your value is, then people cannot at, like potentially value at more than you're worth. And everybody knows that this goddamn can of iced tea says right on the printed, it's not even, it's a printed part of the can that it's worth 99 cents. Jesse, would you turn the can around, please? I, I, can we get it closer? I, I will that? acknowledge that that is. Let's that get, is let's get it, take a look at that. 99 yeah. cents. We all know that. We all see that. When this company makes merchandise, they include that 99 cent label as part of the merchandise. You can get a shirt or a hoodie with that on there. And now, <laughs> any independent any independent artist, anybody who has ever worked a gig knows of a very important rule, Jesse. What rule do they know? That rule is that when it comes to payment, you should never advertise what your rate is, right? You don't go in and you don't answer the question, what's your rate? You ask the question, what does the gig pay? The reason why hmm. is because hmm. no promoter, no company, if you go in and say, I charge $50 a show, is going to give you $60 a show. They're not going to give you $70 a show. They're not going to give you $100 a show. Jesse, they are going to give you $50 per show. True. And this can proudly wears on its chest, on its sleeve, 
the fact that it's worth is 99 cents. Is it worth more? Maybe. <laughs> but obviously the can doesn't Whose think it's worth more. Whose side are you on? More. Are you making my case? Because no, I feel like that's what's happening right I'm now. I'm not. My point that I'm making is that this can is literally worth 99 cents because it tells me out loud shouting <laughs> that it is worth 99 cents. You're, you're saying the can speaks to you. I'm saying the can is always it, – it speaks to a lot of us, Jesse. <laughs> I mean – the colors, how vibrant it is. It the is fact vibrant. that it claims to be from Arizona when it is, in fact, Jesse, yeah. from Woodbury, New York. This New York, can, really? I didn't yes, know that. Huh. This can is, is it's cultural appropriation of, of the Arizona, of the design of, of, our, of our state culture. This, these are frauds, Jesse. These are frauds from New York claiming to be from Arizona. <laughs> Thus, their can should only be worth what it says it's worth. And that, Jesse, is 99 cents. I rest my case. You rest your case. Okay. So I feel like about half of the arguments that you brought up could really be used in, in my favor, frankly. Um, if we look at this, this, beautiful, this beautiful Arizona iced tea, yes, I acknowledge it does say 99 cents on it. But how much did you pay for it today, Derek? I paid a dollar fifty nine. Yeah, plus you, tax, you did pay a dollar fifty nine, didn't you? And I also paid a dollar fifty nine. And the reality, Derek, is that no matter what the can tries to communicate about its worth, the reality is you still paid a dollar fifty nine for it. And it's just fundamental economics that the way that things are priced has nothing to do with what like the company says that they are actually going to be priced. It has everything to do with supply and demand and what they can actually get people to pay for it. And once again, how, how much did you pay for this? I, I paid a dollar. You paid a dollar and 59 cents. I, I don't feel like I have to say much else other than the fact that maybe, maybe there was a day when Arizona iced tea was worth 99 cents. And, and that's exactly what, you know, that's the most they could get for it. If they charge more, then they wouldn't be able to sell as many. Wouldn't be worth it for them. But Derek, have you done grocery shopping lately? I have you the seen shopping. the prices of eggs oh, at your local uh, grocery don't, store? Don't get me started on eggs. Are Jesse. you aware? You're trying to get me riled up now. Are you aware of the uh, impact on of, of inflation on our economy and what is going on in the universe right now? This Arnold Palmer, this Arizona iced tea, may have once been worth ninety nine cents, but unfortunately. It is now worth exactly what you paid for it, Derek, which is $1.59. I rest my case. I, I need to counter-argue and okay. say All right, go something ahead. about that, and that is there is a company that uses, as you know, a, a, an image that is thus given to a can company that then they can they, they make that image and then it, it gets printed on the can. Sure, sure, right? yes. So at any point, Based on fluctuating markets, <laughs> this company could have removed this 99 cent label from all of their cans. Yeah, and it they probably wouldn't put a dollar fifty nine on it because that's what it's actually it, it worth. Been, it wouldn't have been any less recognizable. We wouldn't know it's not an Arizona iced tea. We wouldn't say, "Hey, without the 99 cent sticker, that bitch is a fraud." Mm. We wouldn't say that, Jesse. Mm. We would never say that. So, thus, why? Does the maker of this drink, the can, the one that they made this can, tell us it's worth 99 cents? So much so that they committed it to part of their design. We have a designer in here, Sean DePaz. 
He's here right now. This isn't a separate label, my man. No, it's not. This is part of the design of the can. Am I wrong about that's, that? That's true. You that's are true. right. I can't isn't confirm. that an easy thing for you as a designer? Don't you think they have that saved as a separate layer, maybe on a Photoshop file? You would hope they could so. Just lift that right off of there. Yeah, you would. You would hope so. Um, <laughs> if they don't, that's a bigger issue. But right, with fluctuating markets. Yeah, they, they would take it off there. Honestly, so a good point. Be worth whatever. I had never thought about the fact that they could just take the ninety nine cents no off, and no one would ask it. me a question. No one's gonna miss it. Yeah, just but say you that just they used to have this sticker you on just there. Know this though, thing on there. like, like, sure, but practically speaking, like, they probably have printed so many of these, and they're not gonna just throw them away because they still say ninety nine cents. They're gonna use all of the ones that say ninety nine cents, and then maybe eventually they'll adjust the price. If they have good evidence that it that it's actually worth more, which I suspect they might have to do pretty soon. I here. will say Daniel Ferrer says we need hard Arizona iced tea. By the way, that exists. I will really? say they I have seen have Arizona's. Have Arizona's I have seen Arizona's without the ninety nine cents on them before, printed right? differently for right. different prices for right. different distributors. Don't you, don't you have an exhibit B to present? Well, I don't think I need to because that's insulting. Make your goddamn cage, Jesse Freeman. <laughs> Well, can, I mean, we get a, can we get a two shot I, on the can? I, All right. I acknowledge, I acknowledge with what you're saying that, you know, yes, they could, they could change that it says 99 cents and they, you know, and they haven't chosen to do that at this point. Um, but the reality is that the thing is worth what people pay for it, Derek. And, and you paid a dollar and 59 cents and you a lot have, of people are paying a dollar and 59 you know, cents. I, as I told you, as we were walking over here, I was like, cause I don't want to go get a $6 coffee. So, you know, if, and I, I think what what Sean just said though about the fact that we've seen Arizona iced tea cans that don't say ninety nine cents, or Allegedly. I believe Gabriel also mentioned in the comments earlier, he's seen gas stations cover up the ninety nine yes. cents with something that else. Seen. That, that just seen. goes to show, like, yeah. oh, maybe there is some hesitation about this thing actually being worth what you're saying it's worth, which it is it's, clearly it's, not it's actually worth. Markup. It's it's secondary market markup, and I don't like it. That's what Ryan's asking. It's not from the manufacturer, Ryan. It's the store selling it, adjusting the price. If you want an exhibit B, I can give you another. Please, I can give you an exhibit, exhibit B. B. Okay. Would you please exhibit B me? Yeah. So my exhibit B is is this can, which is uh you know lousy old uh, diet Pepsi. Um, this okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll put on the, the, the extra the extra shot. Okay. There we go. There we go. You can see Derek just looking looking at this at this beautiful two shot that we have mm -hmm. you can see there is a significant size disparity between these two cans there is. you'll notice that there this is. diet pepsi a standard can of soda 12 ounces mm -hmm. arizona iced tea this is a massive can this is a 23 ounce can it is there's almost twice as much arizona iced tea in that can as there is diet pepsi in the standard soda can let's face it in 2023 you're going to have a hard time finding even one of these, even one of these Diet Pepsi cans for 99 cents. When I purchased this Diet Pepsi over uh, at this place downstairs, I paid more than 99 cents for it. And it is about half the size of the Arizona iced tea. You are going to be hard pressed to make the case that, that Arizona iced tea is worth actually less than what I just paid for that Diet Pepsi, which is significantly smaller. All right. And now I have one last counter argument to okay, your presentation of this can. Okay. Do you know what the most important part about the Diet Pepsi is? Um, I don't know that it's not as good as Diet Coke. At well, least that's, at least that's what, that's what Mac would say. Um, no, <laughs> it's that that Diet Pepsi doesn't advertise its value on its fucking can, Jesse. True. It doesn't say that it costs 50 cents. So thus you feel shafted paying a dollar 10 for it as you did sure i acknowledge that the fact that the arizona iced tea says 99 cents makes it very painful when you have to pay more for it 
but you still have to pay more for it because that's what it's actually worth in in today's market. So, so in relating know. it back to our original point and what this arbitration conversation is all about. If the a, arbiter would clearly rule that it's worth $1.59 because that's what you just paid for it. No, it wouldn't because that would be claiming that that's what I paid for it based on last year's value. But if I came <laughs> into the meeting with my client, Arizona Ice Tea, as its defender and said, this player is worth $1 million and he's wearing a shirt that says it. <laughs> How is that player expecting to get $2.25 million, Jesse? How in the world? How in the world can he even get $1.5 million when he is wearing a shirt that he had made by yescustoms.com that says, <laughs> I am worth $1 million? I acknowledge it would be really bad for Josh Rojas it would be to, come, bad to, optics. Come, to come into the, the arbitration room wearing a shirt that says he's worth less than what he's asking for. Uh, but at the end of the day, Derek, we all know how the MLB arbitration process works. They don't care what T-shirt Josh Rojas is wearing when he walks in that room. All they care about is, okay, what are players in the current MLB market making who have similar statistics, who have performed in a similar capacity to what Josh Rojas gave the Diamondbacks last season. That's what they're going to base no. their decision off no. of in arbitration. No. In this case, that decision, based on current market value, is going to lead you to what you just paid for it, which is $1.59. You stupid, stupid man. Oh, there we go. The, the insults. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now we really because know. Because the one thing that you'd forget <laughs> is that an arbiter is a human being, and that human being <laughs> is supposed to gather facts and make a decision. And they are going, supposed to go back, let's say, to a room where they're going to put all their notes together and they're going to start analyzing stuff. They're going to start looking at Josh Rojas's stats from 2022, sure, maybe of course, a graph of, of how he's progressed along in his career and the value that he's added to this team. I'm sure comparing him based on his war uh, to other team members oh, yeah. as well oh, as yeah. other players in his position is something this person would calculate in. But you know what this person would sit there and not get out of their head? The fact that Josh Rojas came into that meeting wearing a shirt that says I'm worth $1 million. <laughs> the arbiter would just be like, why did he do that? <laughs> I can't stop thinking about like, I have all this data, but he wore a fucking shirt. You're, that you're really $1 saying $1 this, this person with a law degree is going to waltz in there and be like, I can't get over that dang t-shirt. I'm just saying <laughs> that that would be a hard fact to get over as a human being. Uh, why would that person put their own value on their shirt and try to shortchange themselves. I don't have an answer for that, Jesse. <laughs> but all I know is that means it's worth what they state it's worth. And this can is worth 99 cents. That's what it's uh, worth. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, we should know, have the people decide. Sean, I, think that's, decide. I think that's the only, that's the only way. Sort of vote up there, maybe in the chat. Maybe we'll get going yep. on Twitter. There is now a poll in the well. chat. Who won the arbitration conversation? Derek yes. or Jesse? Go ahead and vote. Yes, vote now in the chat. Let us know what your thoughts are. And in the meantime... I'm going to go ahead and just say, uh, I've not had any OGs today. Uh, this argument was made purely on logic and sense, and I feel like uh, I won this one. But, of <laughs> course, when I do a victory lap, I am going to take myself some OGs uh, because they have a wide variety of strains and doses, and it's my favorite edible in the entire state of Arizona. It's also the number one selling edible in the state of Arizona. So to make sure to check out our friends at OGs uh, and mostly check out their brand-new Happy Balance Ratio Flavor. Uh, CBD and THC, something that uh, someone, uh, this genius at a dispensary explained to me about the way that uh, CBD grab onto uh, T cells or something like that. I couldn't even fucking begin to uh, explain this to you. And again, this person probably uh, should be working on their PhD 
instead of at a dispensary. No knock to a dispensary. They just knew way too much about science and, and stuff uh, to be to be working there. But uh, this brand new ratio flavor basically helps you experience all the benefits of THC without uh, so much of the high. Apparently, CBD helps to kind of neutralize that out. Uh, it's not something I, I, I like the euphoria part, but not everybody does. So make sure to try out their new Happy Balance flavor. Uh, their new the flavor strawberries and cream. So I can tell you right now, it's going to be delicious. And as always, you can find them at your local dispensary with your bud tenders who are actually geniuses. Uh, must be 21 and over to enjoy. And also, check out our friends if you enjoy uh, making sports a little spicier, uh, especially with your friends. Make sure uh, to check out our friends over goodness i apologize everybody uh check out our friends at underdog fantasy underdog fantasy it gives you multiple ways to play fantasy sports uh with your closed off group of friends uh with with people that you don't even know or you can get down on their pick em game where you can select uh over and under uh for all sorts of different sports uh the more that you add on the more legs you add on the more money you can win so make sure to check out our friends at underdog fantasy if you go there right now and use our promo code of phnx uh, underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So make sure to check out, uh, of course, there are different picks available for your team's players in an upcoming game over at Underdog Fantasy. Oh, Jesse, I love the I love all of the options that we have for like apps like Underdog Fantasy to make sports more fun. Uh, but more importantly, I love the streaming apps that allow us to watch sports wherever mm. we go. I, I've, I've experienced that I've never missed an NFL game because no matter what, I'm already subscribed, even not even to my own knowledge, to some streaming service that has them available, which is fantastic. But uh, one thing Major League Baseball has always suffered when it comes to uh, streaming games and watching games wherever you live uh, is blackout rules. Mm. Blackout rules suck. Local blackout rules are the absolute worst. Everybody can attest to that. It's universally hated. I don't think that there's anybody besides maybe local market uh, regional sport networks that, that like blackout rules. <laughs> you think you have it bad. Imagine living in Buffalo, New York, where you're in the market of Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Oh, shit. I didn't wow. even think New about York, that. Both yeah. New York teams. The tri-state area is probably yeah. just a nightmare. Uh, there was like, like six different teams I couldn't watch oh, when I had man. MLB TV back home. Well, I've heard, yeah, people, that's awful. I've heard people in Las Vegas have problems watching Diamondbacks games. Yeah. People that live like in the kind of area between here in San Diego and here in L.A., um, but hopefully that will all change very soon because MLB announced that they have hired Billy Chambers, which was a longtime, well-respected uh, regional sports network uh, executive. Um, and he is taking over as vice president uh, and local media in, in MLB. It sounds like it's almost a new position that's kind of being created. But uh, the reason why this is important is Sports Business Journal says that Chambers' uh, main main duty, his, his, his main thing to tackle here is to figure out how the league can take back control of uh, local regional sport networks rights and, and the blackout rules and all that stuff, which, which is just an absolute must in today's day and age of streaming. If MLB ever wants to stay relevant and gain viewers and keep their, their sport growing as it stands right yeah. now, people have no problem just not watching baseball. But if you make it less accessible, I would have a big problem not watching baseball. I know you would. That's just that's well, because it's kind of your job, right? Because <laughs> you wouldn't really I wouldn't trust your your decisions here if you didn't watch baseball. But <laughs> no, it sucks because obviously a lot of people are unable uh, to subscribe to like DirecTV or, or, you know, Cox or whatever that's going to provide the local sports. And, and you want to subscribe to a streaming service just to watch 
maybe the thing you watch. Maybe you're not a Suns fan. Maybe you're not a Cardinals fan. Maybe the only thing that matters to you is watching the Diamondbacks, and you can't really do that without paying essentially Bally's in some way to do it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it sounds like a big part of this is that, frankly, regional sports networks are having big problems as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's true. an element here of like Major League Baseball kind of stepping in and and sort of saving the day uh, in a sense. Um, an article from sportsbusinessjournal.com about this, uh, they wrote, this hire is the clearest sign that MLB has decided that it needs to take a more active role in producing and distributing its games. Baseball execs believe that it will gain control over many of those rights controlled by Diamond Sports. And Diamond Sports is the uh, parent company that ultimately owns Bally Sports Arizona, as well as a number of other regional sports networks that carry uh, MLB games across the country. So, uh, of course, we talked a couple of months ago about um, potentially Diamond being in financial hardship, extreme financial hardship. Um, there there might be some news to come on that front in in the relatively near future. But for now, it seems like Major League Baseball is is stepping in and, and kind of trying to get out in front of whatever might be around the corner. It, it's it's funny because baseball has so many unwritten rules. And it's one of the things that a lot of people hate, especially people that aren't very familiar with the game. Yeah. And those of us that are, we accept those unwritten rules and we even forget that there's something silly that could be changed. Um, but, you know, we talk about arbitration, talk about blackouts. These are things that other sports don't put their players through and don't put their fans through. You know, it's just I mean, it, I don't think is Major League Baseball the only sport that has blackout issues. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's some restrictions because, of course, like when I watch an NFL game uh, like on direct TV with the package, if it's being shown here locally on uh, CBS or Fox, right, right. then it's blacked out on, on the, the NFL is just so NFL different in general because it it doesn't have like a regional sports network structure. Like every game is nationally televised. Correct. You're just kind in of some way, yeah. which channel it's on. Well, and or or it's regionally based based on where you're at on which game you're going to get right. on Sunday. Right. Right. So that is that is true. I have a you know our friend of the show Rock was just complaining to me. Uh, the very last week of football season that he didn't get to watch the Cowboys because the Cardinals were on. And yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't care about him or his Cowboys. But uh, anyway, uh, that was it's because they won and I hate him <laughs> right now. But anyway, uh, I will say that the one thing that MLB constantly faces is that there are things like this that people just are turned off by when it comes to watching sports and trying to keep up with their teams. And to be honest, uh, yeah, they, you know, they, they, have something to fix here, especially considering that their extra innings package is restricting people that don't even live in the state uh, from watching it. Daniel brings up, I remember all the Cardinals home games being blacked out growing up. You're absolutely correct because they had to be, a, oh, wow. they had to be a sellout in order to be on TV. So what was worse was we wouldn't even get another game. If it was blacked out, they would just show like paid advertising or whatever in that time That's slot. Horrible. It was supposed to be a game on. Would also happen in Buffalo. And it got to the point where like the rich people in the city would just start buying a bunch of tickets and giving them away. So oh, just so it was sold it out. would be on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless those That's people. Insane. God bless those people. But uh, yeah, MLB definitely has this to fix. And at least it's good that they're addressing it, right? It's, they very easily could keep going the route that they're going. But uh, I think that with the regional sports networks experiencing the, uh, the, the financial crisis that some of them are experiencing, uh, I, I think stepping in is the right call. And again, they, they have a sport that they have to worry about getting in front of people, you know, not only that, but it's the longest sport that of, of any of the sports, right? It has the most games of any sport. So 
uh, it's definitely a priority for them. And, and they, you know, of course, em- extra innings is great and all, but if you can't watch yeah. the team that you're paying to watch, then what's the point of even getting it? Right, know? right. Yeah, I think there's actually a kind of a crucial connection here to what we were talking about earlier with the Diamondback Stadium, you know, decision and kind of what's around the corner for them. Uh, a big issue, at least from what I can tell, this is more speculation at this point. We haven't seen the team talk about this, but I have to suspect that the Diamondbacks have some level of doubt about whether their regional sports network contract could be compromised at some point. Just because, like, clearly the amount of revenue that is being generated there is not what it needs to be for those companies to continue paying how much money they're paying to teams like the Diamondbacks in order to, to have the, the exclusive rights to show their games. Um, there was an article that came out yesterday with Reds president Phil Castellini, who is uh, um, not one of the smarter baseball executives <laughs> by a number of different sources that that's sort of clear news at, at this point there's no really no really debating that but uh he made a number of controversial comments um which was all written up yesterday by uh, trent rosecrans over at the athletic um and he's he's you know disputed just a number of things about the way that major league baseball operates and you know is a big reason why the cincinnati reds are seen as a team that's not really spending any money doesn't really plan on spending any money uh, Cincinnati Reds fans want new ownership. They want new leadership um, in no small part because of, you know, th- these kind of comments being made. Uh, but one of the things that Castellini talked about was uh, regional sports networks. And he said, um, it, it, so this is this is talking in particular about advertising on uniforms and how the Reds received way less money for this than the Red Sox did in particular. He said it was awful. The biggest part of his presentation was his analysis of where the game's going, which is basically the regional sports networks are going to fold and it's not sustainable. These aren't Castellini's words. These are someone talking about Castellini. Um, so he's talking about a big part of Castellini's mindset right now is that regional sports networks are going to fold and that they are not sustainable moving forward. And I have to suspect that the D-backs might be having some of those same thoughts, which is which is fair to to a certain degree, right? It's if, a, if it's something that you know, because it's not like they're the only ones that know this. It's kind of knowledge that regional sport networks are experiencing issues when it comes to yeah, financing, right? Um, so obviously there is something you know to at least be concerned about. It's kind of like what we were talking about with building a new stadium. Uh, yeah, if if you're planning on moving when that lease is up then there needs to be some progression very soon like we're talking three years four years away from you know their their contract being up with chase field right or their lease yeah being up four with chase field. four more seasons there four, four so i seasons. guess five more seasons there including, oh, yeah, 2027. including 2027 yeah um but yeah right like i mean that's not a lot of time for you to build a brand new stadium from scratch if that's the plan so yeah you kind of need i'm to guessing they could extend that, they could know? probably extend the chase field lease sure, to sure, sure. you know cover however much Another time they needed to build like to build the stadium yeah I, i'm sure maricopa county would be happy to do that because who else are they going to t- what are they going to do with that once the diamondbacks leave it's going to be sold off and and destroyed and changed into a yeah you know high rise or something like that most likely that's the that's probably the saddest part about the diamondbacks that's true potentially leaving chase field yeah and, and Derek Hall talked about that like just the sentimental like connection to that ballpark that that a lot of fans have even though it's not you know it's not oracle park like it's not course field it's not a marquee baseball facility but still a lot of memories that have been made there and i think there would be some some heartache to leaving that place. 
the the million dollar question, or I guess really the billion dollar question, the two billion dollar question is who? How are they going to fund this thing? If if they are going to go the route of of building a new stadium, they don't have currently a way to fund it that, that I am aware of. Right. Um, of course, there are different ways that you could do that. I don't think the Diamondbacks are interested in pursuing any situation where like people are taxed, you know, like where everyone is taxed, you could, you know, charge a tax within the facility. I like think the they might be open to that. Yeah. Time. Like the coyotes are doing, but I don't think the D backs really want to pull like public funds from, from, you know, every Arizonan or anything like that. So they need an investor. They need someone to come in and help out with this. And as of right now, I don't think they have that. Well, and we did hear at one point that they were looking for a new minority shareholder potentially, and who knows how that could impact funding yeah. and, and what could go behind a new building. Obviously, what we talked about, the Coyotes, the Coyotes, uh, the, the Coyotes facility is being privately financed. And the ta- sales tax from businesses that would be at part of that facility would go towards paying for it, which right. seems like a really reasonable plan. Right? I think it is. I think yeah. it is. The D-backs just need, and they also address, you know, some of the rumors about ownership and whatnot. Um, and Derek Hall, you know, stressed that Ken Kendrick has no intentions of selling. He loves owning a baseball franchise. He intends to keep it in his family moving forward. Um, but he did acknowledge that there have been some conversations about selling off a minority share of the franchise. Uh, but he also said that that's not unusual. That's a pretty normal thing for them to do. Um, and there's certainly some potential that if they bring in a minority owner, maybe that person could help fund some of some of these things uh, if they have the means to do that. So, or we could just take some time to remodel Chase Field like they did over across the street and make it a that's better true. facility for everyone. I mean, that's what do you think? Like, like what is the ceiling of Chase Field? Like, is there a certain amount of money that you could put into Chase Field where it becomes a top 10 ballpark, like a top 10 baseball facility? I don't know, because I'll say I never imagined, and I've said this before, that they could have made the footprint center into what it is. And I really, I I can't tell you how much better the changes made that, uh, you know, as far as a building to go attend concerts basketball games, all of that stuff. in It's right? legit now. Yeah, uh, it's legit. You yeah. Know? Uh, but I don't know. I think that obviously the the idea there is that building a new stadium from scratch, no matter what, is going to cost you three times the amount that it's going to to renovate yeah. Chase Field. Four, four times, five and, times. probably. And, yeah. and the one thing that everybody can agree on about Chase Field is that there's too many goddamn seats in that building anyway. So it doesn't it makes it easy to take some of those areas out, make some more standing room only areas, make some more areas for uh, I don't know, shopping, maybe convert part of Chase Field into part of that shopping district that you want to have right there on the on the facility, you know, in that area that they don't have a lot of ground to do that with. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But um, Ben said it's a retractable ceiling. It's a retractable ceiling. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brian Abdallah says no chance. Do you mean I'm renovating? I'm guessing you're meaning renovating. I, I get that. Uh, and, and again, I didn't think that my. Uh, I didn't think that the renovation of Footprint Center was going to make it as wonderful as it did, to be honest. So I, I think just, there's a, there's a that's difference one thing though. that just gives me that that hope. But you're right. I there's, think there's a difference between basketball and baseball. Like in the NBA, stadiums don't have as many unique factors, right? Like a basketball arena is a basketball arena, and you yeah. want the seats to be nice. Yeah. You want the suites to be nice. You want you know some cool hangout areas. But like the general structure of the facility just is what it is. They, they just kind of have a blueprint for how to do that for, for the NBA. 
the MLB is just different. Major League Baseball is just different in that every ballpark looks different, feels different, right? You have more creative freedom with what you can do with a Major League Baseball facility. And my personal opinion on this is that no matter how much money you throw at Chase Field, it's going to have a bottom tier feel. Like all of those unique factors. I just don't see like how how are you going to like what kind of money could you put into Chase Field to make it so that it doesn't have this airplane hanger vibe when the roof is closed, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't know what you do. Like, how do you change that? You fucking add a twisty slide to the pool. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then Baxter, (laughs) much like Bernie up in Milwaukee has to slide down the slide every time they hit a home run. Right into the pool. So you want to turn it into Miller Park with a pool is, is what you're saying. Hold on. Hold on. No, I want to steal something from every ballpark, right? Okay. So, okay. That stupid fucking outfield wall, we're, put, we're putting in a green uh, monster, just a big green monster. <laughs> Sorry, all of you folks in left field. Uh, those seats are gone now. Uh, you might sit on top of it, maybe up at the very. You're putting a green monster in left field. Yeah, there's already almost a green monster in center field. Yeah, I mean, like that's essentially what it is. You're, it's you're extending be bigger it. than okay. Boston's. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, a terrible man. idea. Yeah. They should not hire you to, ben to do anything. Open the roof leads. more. That alone is a key. That alone is. But that's clutch. the thing. Like you can't. You just yes, can't. Yes, you can. I Jesse, mean, have you never fucking turned your air conditioning all the way up in your car in your sick RAV4, but then drove around in July with the windows also down? Yeah, and do you know how much money they'd be wasting by doing that with a facility that large? Whatever. They're not going to do that. Whatever. The thing is that Chase Field, having their retractable roof system that it does, there's not a lot of natural light coming in, and there's just no way around that, really. Like, you could deck out the suites, you could make... You know, you could have all sorts of great hangout spots around the stadium. You're not changing the fact that Chasefield just kind of has this like indoor mall vibe to it. It definitely needs new lighting, a new lighting system. It does need new lighting. That was one of the things that Derek Hall mentioned. It needs the cool like light show when there's a home run. Yeah. Uh, And we need a giant snake mascot, Mm. right? That's not just one person, it's six people. You know, like the dragons in like, you know, in like China, like Asia dragons, sure, like those, sure. right? You know what I mean? Like paper dragon, right? But just a snake, right? <laughs> I don't know. Call it whatever the fuck. Have him eat <laughs> Baxter the very first day he shows up and then Baxter's just gone forever. <laughs> now, that would be something to see. Yeah. That would be yeah, something to see. Everyone should come to that game. Um, another thing we talked about is, of course, I made this argument back when we were talking about where would a minor league or a, a team go. <laughs> Here, a minor league team go here in Arizona, and I said Bisbee because Bisbee is home to one of the oldest ballparks. Warren Ballpark. The Warren Ballpark. 1909, yeah, I it's, believe. It's one of the oldest, if not the oldest, active ballparks in all of uh, the United States, all of the world. I mean, uh, in what sense is it active? It holds games. It has okay. games at it. It's not just like a place you go visit as like a historical landmark. Sure. There's active there games that games are still there. being played there. Right? Not like professional games, right. I don't think, but and games. An idea we came up with before the show started is that the Arizona Diamondbacks need to hold games there. They need to have retro <laughs> throwback jerseys from like the 1800s for the Diamondbacks that never even existed. And yes, before you ask, they're going to be purple and teal with copper trim. That's the only way that we're doing Wouldn't this. it be wild if, yeah. if, the, if the conclusion to this is the Diamondbacks move not out of Arizona, but out of Maricopa County to Bisbee, to Bisbee Arizona. 
<laughs> to play in this facility. I mean, I you could deck out. out. You could deck out that stadium yeah. and modernize it, yeah. and it honestly could be incredible. Yeah, it could be. But uh, there, last I checked, the population of Bisbee, Arizona, was probably not enough to support a major league baseball whatever. franchise. Uh, I just think I think it uh, could easily be. The ball would fly though. The you ball got that would elevation fly. going. It could be a field of dreams situation though, where the Diamondbacks play uh, an exhibition game there. That would be cool. Team, and that I would be that cool. Would at least be something cool to do, but. Uh, we're way off track now, and that's what we do on this show. Uh, I hope everybody voted. Do we have a Do we have a tally on the yeah, vote? Yeah, do we? We do. Yeah. Ooh. What's the, what's, who won? Ooh, what's the With, break? Hold on. Let me find the results real quick. With... Shouldn't be close. Shouldn't even be close. Six of 11 votes. Oh, that's So with a one-vote margin of victory, Derek Montiel. Yeah! Oh my god. Let's go. You guys don't understand. Let's go. Basic Can I just economics. say I I I cut my mouth shut because it didn't want to influence anything. Yeah. I 100% agree with Jesse. No, boo. So we're tied. So we're tied and boo. I have two burner accounts, so if I had if I had voted, Jesse would have won. <laughs> there we go. Just there we go. Glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. Well, I'm gonna take a victory lap uh with my friends from Fort Peak Brewing Company. Of course, uh they have the best beers. We know that. Uh local beers. Uh, they have brand new beers for you to try. And make sure to join us. Last Wednesdays are back. So join our PHNX crew at the A Street Pub on January 25th. We'll all be down there. We'll all be doing live shows and in-person stuff throughout the day. Uh, enjoy $3 beer specials and come say hi to us, most importantly. Uh, it's a week from tomorrow. Free hugs. Yeah. Free hugs. Uh, they also have brand new beers. Recreational Juice Dank IPA and a Staycation Super Juicy IPA. Uh, both of which I will be trying, of course. So make sure to join us down at Four Peaks Brewing Company at the H Street Pub. If you can't join us, grab some wherever you get your beer. Join us remotely. And, of course, must be 21 or over to enjoy <laughs> and enjoy responsibly. Both Brian and Ben say they didn't vote, but they would have voted for me. So there's there's <laughs> your there's your two have, extra votes. Plus, whatever. Sean. Dan, Daniel said you're welcome, Derek, yeah, as if he Daniel. didn't really want to vote for you, yeah, but he just did you. it out of sympathy. So I, I think you. we all know who the, who the real, who the real winner is here. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you guys haven't done so already, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you're a new or existing customer right now, you can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Of course, if you're a new customer, use our promo code of PHNX. You can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round, and you will get $200 in free bets instantly. <laughs> Just instantly. So uh, get those uh, free bets and, and win yourself some money over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jesse, I made myself a little money uh, this weekend. I got uh, some action on the Bengals, and I won uh, on the Giants. Uh, how, how many Arizona iced teas could you, I could, could you buy? I could buy based on your <laughs> if calculation. If hypothetically you got them for 99 for cents. For 99 cents, I could buy 149 uh, okay, okay. Arizona iced teas nice, with my winnings. Nice. So I'm very excited about In that. In real life, you In could buy life. about uh, I uh, would, 90 or look, so. I wish, I wish the DraftKings Sportsbook app just went ahead and translated your yeah, financial currency. credit. <laughs> into you know into Arizona iced tea that would be great for me, uh, but of course we thank you guys all for being here for being here in the chat we appreciate it so much. 
Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This guy's at Jesse and Friedman on Twitter. Our show is at phnx underscore dbacks. But of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you again so much for being here on behalf of Sean, the MVP, Jesse, and myself. We always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you don't advertise your value on a T-shirt in your arbitration meeting. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.